Just a reminder, our podcast deals with crimes that are often violent and graphic in nature, so listener discretion is advised. So when in doubt, leave the kids out. Now, please let us take you back in time. Hello, this Thursday It's the Old Time Crime Gals. It's Melissa here with... Shannon. Yes, that's right. And it is Thursday. It is. Hello. Welcome. <laughs> Tomorrow it will be. When you listen to this, it will be Thursday. Yes. I was about to get confused. No, don't get confused now. Hello. Your brain's Hello. supposed to be healing and getting better. Yes. No. I don't think it is. I might, have to, <laughs> I might have to go see about some things. Um, Episode 40. Woohoo. This is our season finale. Yes. Before Christmas and Thanksgiving yes. and where we live. It's been nice and cool and fall weather and it warms up a little bit but i think it's supposed to get colder towards the weekend uh, so. we're, we're right now in the you have to have a jacket in the morning and then the air on the afternoon kind of yeah way works yes. right now but it was a beautiful day melissa got to enjoy it outside for a little bit yep. so that's good so we hope y'all had a great week we hope you had a chance to go back and listen to our other episodes from the last three weeks and today we're going to talk about something new yes we're going to talk about Juana Barraza, who was one of Mexico's first serial killers. Cool. And or not cool. <laughs> Sorry. Not cool. Not cool. No. I was thinking she was going to go with what she did for a living. And then that, oh, yeah, yeah. That is, in here. That was kind of cool. If she hadn't decided to become a serial killer, it was yeah. cool. But, um, but anyway, sorry about that. Serial killers are not cool. Not at all. No, so. but we, you know, our so. true crime fans like to hear about them. So we're unless you're a C E R E A L killer, and then you drink it with a cold milk, I and you might be a little bit cool yeah. <laughs> with spoons on top of the yes. skull. So tell us about this lady. That well, it's not cool. Well, the, well, in Mexico City. So we're this is around 1998. Three elderly ladies are found in their house. Um, dead strangled to death and at first you know of course there's no connection there's no it's just it's three random but by 2003 they were 12 in just one year so you have a total of over 40 elderly women that were found dead wow same amount of strangled robbery and not that, cool yeah not cool <laughs> and everyone that was a victim had a few things in common they were all over the age of 60 the neighbors were in moderate income areas. They all lived near city parks and gardens, and all of them lived alone. And every single one belonged to a government program called Simbali that was um, run for elderly people. Okay. So that was, um, obviously all of them are connected. It doesn't sound like the serial killer was smart either, maybe. Well, with they they were unsure of how to deal with this, and there's a lot of different things that happened during the investigation, and it was partly political, and is why a lot of it didn't get handled the way it should have. Because I mean, there were crime scenes. There was like ten or twelve that had fingerprints everywhere, wow. so they had this a set of fingerprints of who it belonged to, um, of course. But when you don't have anything to match it to, you you can't really do anything. But it was evident that, that same set of fingerprints was across 10 and 12. Okay. And they just didn't know who that person was. And so, you know, rumors are starting to go with the media, like there's a serial killer out there. And, and the authorities were like, no, 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 of course not. We can't have that here. This, that doesn't happen in Mexico. That happens in movies in the United States and 
everywhere else. It doesn't happen here. They were used to dealing with like drug cartels and crimes of passion. I mean, they had crime. They, they, had, they had tons of murder. And that wasn't like nothing they weren't. Nobody really to. fought it out. But like in a did it on a regular pattern or in basis. A, you know, things that were going on that was obvious that some one person was committing more than, you know, this they had no idea where to start. So what they did was they turned to the United States and started researching. And what they came up with was a profile that was kind of just generic that like, okay, they're home they're smart. Because obviously they've done this for a span of years and we haven't called them yet. They come from a broken home, which is 99.9% of the people that we talk about. Their childhood was not perfect. Um, They believe that the person was posing as a social worker or nurse. And this is possible to gain interest into the homes of the elderly, the people that they were supposed to be working with. And all of it was pretty much on point. But they had one thing wrong. They in their research, discovered that about 90% of serial serial killers are male. Mm -hmm. And so in their profile, they had it listed as that they were looking for a man in a wig. They weren't open to the idea that maybe it was a female. Where do they, why would they think that just because of the type of people that they killed or with Well, from their research, 90% of serial killers are males. So they assume they were looking for a guy in a wig. I guess what I'm wondering is like, how would you think about the wig except you thought it was a woman? Like, it had to be like somebody saw it. Well, there were some, um, some sightings that said they found like a masculine looking woman. Gotcha. And so they're like, oh, serial killers are all men. So he's got to be wearing a wig. So this is what okay, we're I'm following for. you now. Yeah. It takes me a while. Well, I kind of worded that a little weird. That Trying to read my old school handwriting. And so they, they, you know, they couldn't wrap their heads around what was happening. The eyewitnesses kept seeing the same person dressed as a nurse fleeing from the crime scenes. So the media reported that at least 49 unsolved murders. And police have the same set of fingerprints across multiple crime scenes, like we mentioned. Like, people were in a panic. I mean, older women are afraid to... Yeah. You don't want to be in your house by yourself, but you don't want to leave your house and get targeted either. So, they're terrified. I wonder if this person um, was like, I don't look like a man with a wig, <laughs> if it turns out it's a woman. So, like, there's even a government program established that goes door to door and giving people, like, chain locks, like, to lock their doors. Oh, wow. So, they established <laughs> And, like, they send pamphlets out, like, don't go out, don't talk to strangers, don't, I mean, common sense stuff anyway, but people were, they were really yeah. worried. And so, um, police end up setting up, like, a secret project called, um, nicknamed Parks and Gardens. So, it's like a sting operation. They're going to try and catch whoever's doing this. Okay. And one of the main reasons... They kicked this program off was because the mother of a high-profile um, criminal profiler in Mexico uh-huh. got strangled by this. Oh, this so okay. it was like, ah, and now you're messing with the the somebody somebody's mom got killed. So this program gets set up. So they even like pay old ladies to go sit in parks and as bait and follow them around Ooh, to see I if anybody so would have done that. Why would you do? I just think that would be, I mean, before I had children, you know, but I would definitely do that. I would, that would be exciting for me. Sign her up if you, if you know. Well, no, because I have kids that. now, see? but in about 20 years. <laughs> we'll still have kids. I'll just be older. True. That's true. Oh, well. Anyway, I would have done that. I would have been up. That sounds cool. That's like one of the TV shows I watch, but would I actually do it? No. I would have. No. Yes. 
fight or flight. But I would have worn a wig. <laughs> I would have had to wear a wig. I'd be like, I'm an old lady looking with a wig, looking for a woman, <laughs> a man that has a wig. I don't know. Anyhow, <laughs> I'm not right, y'all. No, you're fine. But they passed out, you know, thousands of flyers with the proposed sketch of what this person was supposed to look like. Um, but all, you know, all that effort and all that careful planning and the sting operations and paying people, getting civilians involved, you know, sitting as bait on that park bench, it uh, didn't do any good because just the little old lady killer was apprehended red-handed leaving a crime scene oh, wow. by a cop who was just patrolling the street. Oh, wow. Um, somebody pointed her out and she was arrested on the spot. A tenant so, recognized her from the sketch. I have to take that back. They would never allow an American over here in America to do that. No. So I would have never been able to do it because I can't speak Spanish. <laughs> so I would have been out. Well, the they were looking for what was dubbed the, um, and forgive me if I pronounce any of these names wrong, because we are talking about stuff that happened in Mexico. Uh, La Matavietitas was little old lady killer. That's what they had dubbed this person. La being... Um, well, first it was L because they thought it was a man, but gotcha. then I changed it to law. But so she was caught, she was apprehended, leaving a crime scene. And then once they found her house and they searched, they found trophies from the crime scenes, newspaper clippings about the murders, a shrine to um, Santa Muerte, which is a, a popular saint to have altars to if you're a criminal in Mexico. And then once her fingerprints were collected, they happened to match all of the ones from the unsolved crime scene. So it was immediately released to the press that um, she had been called. So that at that moment, like every elderly person probably was like, oh, you're asleep tonight. Yeah. <laughs> and they breathed a little easier. And that was, um, she was caught on January in 2006, leaving that crime scene. It was, her name was Juana Barraza. And she was leaving landladies, Ana Maria de los Reyes Alfaro, who was 84. She strangled her with a stethoscope. Oh, man. That's so sad. Yeah. So all these crimes came down to this old lady killer. Did she ever say that they were interviewer or anything? Say why? Or? Yeah. We're gonna, I'm, I'm going to get to that in a second. Okay. So now we know that there was a serial killer and she's been caught, but her backstory and what she did on her own time is what was really interesting. So we're going to talk about that in just a second. Okay, so now we're going to talk about who Juana Barraza was. And you know a little bit about her backstory. That's me. Yes, yeah. a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Let me see if I can read my uh, chicken scratch here. So, Juana was born in um, Hildago, Mexico in 1957. Her full name is Juana de Llanera Barraza Samperio. And she was the product of Trinidad Barraza, who was a police officer. So, her dad was a police officer. And Justa Samperio, her mother, who was a alcoholic sex worker. Wow. <laughs> what a combo. Yes. And so... And like we talked about, their their profile said that they were, she was probably from a broken home. And like we've talked about, all these people have something in com common is that their childhoods were not ideal. So when she was just three months old, her mother left her husband and starts a relationship with um, Refugio Samperio. Same last name because that's also her stepfather. Okay. The mom's stepfather. Oh. Yeah. Oh. So, so 
life was pretty rocky and, and Juana was often abused by her mother and her grandfather slash father figure. Yeah. Yes, that's kind of creepy. Not good at all. And so, and then when Juana was 12, things were so bad. This is why I think you, you remember this. Yes. That her mother sold her to a man named Jose Lugo. For three trusts. For, yeah, for a total of tres beers. Mm-hmm. Three beers. Mm, so Lugo took 12-year-old Juana and made her take care of the house. So she was abused and... All kinds of things happened. If it could happen, it happened. She was repeatedly sexually assaulted for years. And her mother just told family and friends that she just left on her own. She just decided to run away. Wow. So mom was a piece of work. Yes. So Juana finally left for Mexico City at the age of 17. And this is like after she had suffered multiple failed pregnancies. By that time, she had one son. Um, so she's a single mother. Eventually, she goes on to have relationships with different people. I think she's married a couple of times, but she ends up having a total of four children. Okay. And so being a single mother, you know, it's hard. There's plenty of bills. There's lots of jobs to be had. So she's a maid. She does odd jobs. But she has to um, juggle several jobs, and one of them was pretty interesting. So one of those jobs is definitely not one that I would consider an option. I mean, we don't have that kind of thing over here, but... You know, sometimes she puts on a hot pink jumpsuit with these tall silver boots and slips on a butterfly mask and calls herself La Dama de Silencio, which is the Lady of Silence, and goes to beat up someone in the world of Mexican wrestling. Huh? Well, we have women wrestlers over here. Yeah, but the Lucha Libre is a very, I don't know. How would you get into that unless you know? I mean, yeah, it's like an underground world of. I would think she probably knows some. I need to make some extra some money. People. Let me go into the wrestling ring and yeah. just beat up somebody, but. She probably yeah. knew some people. So, <clears throat> so she's a, she was a wrestler. But in 1995 is when she starts, like, criminal activity. Because she's not quite making enough as the wrestler. So she starts breaking and entering, uh, holding people up on the street, stealing from stores. Kind of odd odd jobs that's a stepping stone to where she's about to, to do we know to. about her kids like one of them her baby her baby boy the first um firstborn when he was 24 got killed in a cartel gang kind of situation okay and that she said that was the saddest day of her life out of everything that's happened to her that was the saddest day of her life well losing a child yeah just the whole mom giving you away for three beers kind of would be on the low end yes emotionally yes but so she starts to steal, and um, she has a friend, and her friend's name is Araceli. And so they both decide that they're going to start stealing from the elderly because that's a very vulnerable population. And even today, they're targeted for scams all the yes. time, even here. Uh, it's just very a vulnerable population. So they would dress up as nurses and gain entry into their homes, and then they would rob them. They would not hurt anybody. They would not, I don't know what they did, but they would just rob them. But then uh, Araceli got tired, and she wanted out. She's like, I just didn't want to do it anymore. And her boyfriend at the time just happened to be a corrupt federal police officer. Oh, wow. Surprise. <laughs> Named Flores um, Dominguez. And corruption, especially police corruption, is common. It's frequent. They hardly get in trouble. They hardly get caught. It's a rampant problem. Today, back then, always, probably always will be. It's just the way things are run down there, run a little bit different. 
And so he confronts her after she commits a burglary that she's going to be at, that he knows about because of Araceli. So he pops up on her and he's like, hey, I want to arrest you if you give me some money. So he extorts money from her. Oh, as wow. So she doesn't get arrested. She just pays him off. And this happens for a few times. So if they'd have done what they were supposed to and arrest her and take her fingerprints, they would have found that she was hooked yes. up with all those other crime scenes. But because they weren't doing their job, that didn't happen. So more people got killed. <sighs> Very sad. Did he ever get caught? I don't know. I didn't. It didn't. Focus we didn't research him. him. Didn't focus on him. <laughs> um, but something happened during one of those robberies that like set her on her path to becoming the monster that she was. So she probably was just robbing to begin with. And one of the old ladies said something that rubbed her the wrong way, reminded her of her mom, and tapped into the, all that rage she was hiding and just sent her into a blind rage. And that she just beat the woman like to a pulp and then strangled her with whatever she could find. So after that, that just became her MO. It was if it was a cord from something, like telephone cord, um, stethoscope, sometimes her bare hands, like it didn't matter. She was just mad and it was angry. And so, and she did say in the interview that all she could think about was her mom, like being mad at her mom. Yeah. And one of her quotes was, I just got angry. Like, I mean, that's no excuse. I just got angry. I just got angry. Um, but that's just. That's what a lot of people are getting these days is angry. Angry. And doing things they shouldn't. I mean, I'm angry at a lot of things, but that doesn't mean no, give me shouldn't. the right to go. That's right. People. Um, yeah. But she was put on trial in the spring of 2008. Um, she would only admit to one murder, um, Athera, the murder of the landlady that she was caught leaving. So she's she's like, yep, I did that one today. I'm, today I'm guilty, but I can't pay for everybody. Like, oh, But wow. obviously she was responsible. Um, fingerprints are everywhere, yes, and it's likely, yeah, the victim count is in estimated high 40s. But she was only found guilty of 16 charges of murder plus aggravated bu um, burglary, including 11 separate counts of murder. And so, sentenced, she was sentenced to 759 years. Again, when I looked at photos, wild numbers out there. But sentences are often served concurrently. And since we're in Mexico for this story, the maximum amount of time you can spend in jail is 60 years. So regardless, in the year 2058, she will be paroled no matter what. But she'll be 100. I was going to say. If so. she makes it to 2058, she'll get out. But so that, my friends, is the story of La Matarieta, the little lady killer of Mexico. So, thank you guys for listening. Thank you for hanging in there with us. I didn't die. So How serious? <laughs> Our we devices fighting. went down. Yeah, so. we were fighting the computer battery. My screen went black and she was giving me the signal. I was like, please don't die. It didn't die. Good. It made it. So, we are so thankful you joined us. We hope that you have, you and your family. And, um, oh, and excuse Melissa if she didn't pronounce those names right. Especially oh, yeah, if you yeah. speak I, fluent um, Spanish. I don't speak fluent Spanish. Oh, yeah, if you do. I'm sorry. Yes. I butchered that. Yeah, I was going to say, if you do, so forgive us. <laughs> High school Spanish was my one, my limit. She did better than I did. I, I do some Spanglish, and it's not even a Spanglish. So. Um, Obviously. But what did you say? Oh, my gosh. Oh. Did I say that wrong? <laughs> no, I said oh. that because you're a Spanglish. Right? I'm not very good. Spanglish. We're, we're from the South. The South. Okay. But uh, we do appreciate all that listen and continue to listen. And we look forward to having a better organized or better content in season two, I should put it. I'm going to get more organized. I promise y'all. I'm going to try. She's going to try. I'm going to try. I'm not promising anything. <laughs> 
I don't make promises. <laughs> we had fun. It's been a fun 40 episodes. 40 episodes. Yeah, that's, that's a lot. Like, it is a lot. It is. So we appreciate the ones who've hung in there with us. Yeah, there was like 1,400 streams and counting. So please share. Share with your friends. Binge over the holidays. If you haven't heard all of our stuff, if this is your first time kept coming on. Um, what was your favorite story that you we talked about? You're asking me. Yeah, I'm asking oh, you. No. With the brain injury, to remember. I don't know if I can. This whole thing all of was them. your idea. Her, but the whole podcast was her idea. I didn't know we were actually going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> she brought it to fruition. What was my favorite? Um. Oh my goodness! You should have asked me that last week, so I could think. I'm putting you on the spot. Man, I'm kind of like in caps. I don't remember between. <laughs> I know our, one of our first stories was the Hillsville murders. Yes, that was the one that gave you gave the idea yes. to talk about. About old time crime. It was just a kid. But. They um, got that boy in a lot of trouble. I think I like that one. Just because I remember it. <laughs> but I do like it because it just, you know, I mean, crime is crime. It doesn't yeah. matter if it's, you know, the beginning of time. I read a lot in the Bible. And um, it's crime been is. for a long time. <laughs> it doesn't matter about technology, transportation. Nope. People kill out of anger and. um they have different reasons or crime of passion or mm-hmm. um, convenience and money. And so, but I like the old timey Hillsville murder one, I think, just because it was it just, was it was unique, you know? So, but I, I have enjoyed getting the word out about um, just being more vigilant and taking care of yourself and being a surround, you know, aware of your surroundings and just some of the cases that we've talked about that were unsolved. You know, a new thing may pop up and get investigated and get solved. And so I have enjoyed it. How about you? Probably the Isle of Shoals because that one was just crazy. Yeah, that was the one where the boats and they had to come in off the boats and then the girls. That one the, girl with yes, the axe like wakes yes. up and the dude's attacking everybody yeah. with the axe and she yeah. crawls out the window and bare feet with interesting. the dog. Yeah. And like lays beside the rock all night and still That's, makes it out. Yeah, that was interesting. So there's been it was sad, but that, that, one was, yeah. that was a good one. And Mary Vincent, the one that survived that, like, being thrown off the cliff and, like, with her arms cut off. And, oh, yeah. crawled back and, like, yeah. Yeah. That was a good one. There's lots of good ones if you want to go back and listen to stuff that we've covered. That's true. There are a lot of good ones. That was good. I know. Well, I, just because of the brain injury, I can't remember a whole lot of them. <laughs> but, hey, I'm here. I remember who I am. So. But, uh, yeah, I, and I hope y'all have a great Thanksgiving and are thankful. We have a lot to be thankful for and Christmas. I'm, I'm thankful for Jesus and just um, we appreciate you listening and just have a lot to be thankful for and thankful for my friendship with Melissa. And um, we've enjoyed actually doing this. So hopefully we can kick off and. Be, Melissa can be more organized at the beginning of the year. <laughs> I'll be more organized at the yeah, beginning of the year. I don't know that I will ever be organized. I have dreams to be like people I know that are organized. So. But if you have any thoughts or something that you want to hear about in Season 2, again, you're always welcome to email us at oldtimecrimegirls at gmail.com. Pick us up wherever you listen to podcasts and be on the lookout for Season 2. And just remember, do the crime. It'll catch up with you in time. And <laughs> we'll talk about it.